Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Would you stand, please? And let's turn to page 176. Page 176. There's still power in the blood. Amen. Let's sing it out tonight. All four verses as we begin. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. For Jesus, your King, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily as praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the breast. Of the Lamb. Amen. Preacher. Amen. What a blessing. Sure glad there's still power. Amen. In the blood. Well, good to have you back uh, tonight. And I uh, trust you had a wonderful afternoon. Man, we enjoyed our fellowship uh, with the grits. We ate Mexican food. And then I went home and had a coma. Amen. And uh, so glad to be back in the Lord's house uh, tonight. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask God's blessing uh, on us tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Jim Wisdom if you would open us in prayer tonight. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? Not going to mention a whole lot of things. I think I mentioned quite a few announcements this morning. And then, of course, the bulletins for 
the month of December uh, went out. And so just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, of course, uh, don't forget about ladies. Tuesday night is the ladies meeting at 7 o'clock over in the fellowship hall. And then, of course, next Sunday we'll have Brother Kent uh, Hogan here uh, with us for Sunday morning and then Sunday night. And I was just thinking about this right now, and so I am going to deal with this here uh, later on. But the last time I was here and Brother Hogan was here, I ended up in a full scuba outfit. So I'm going to make sure that I'm not involved in any illustrations this next time around. Amen. But no, it's a blessing, and I know that he'll be a blessing uh, to us, and, and uh, do pray for them uh, in their next step in ministry. Of course, many of us know uh, they were missionaries uh, going to a particular field. I don't want to mention online, uh, but that door has now shut. And so we're having them uh, to be an encouragement to them, and I know they'll be a blessing to us. And so just looking forward uh, to that. And then, of course, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, don't forget about the mandatory practices that they need to be at uh, this coming week, tomorrow, December the 4th, and then also December uh, the 7th. And then, of course, December the 13th uh, is the Christmas break, but also our annual business meeting for that Wednesday night. So I wanted to mention uh, those uh, things. Okay, brother, come on. Let's turn to page 143. Page 143. What child is this? We'll sing all three verses tonight. Page 143. <clears throat> Let's sing out together on that first verse now. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap? Christ. 
Amen. What a great song tonight. Amen. So thankful for the Lord who came as a little baby to be born as a vir- uh, from a virgin for us. Amen. To die on a cross. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, he came for you. Amen. So you could know him as your Savior tonight. I'm going to ask um, Brother Isaac Gutierrez, would you pray for the offering tonight, please? Amen. stand one last time. Turn to page 335 with me. Page 335, Love Lifted Me. Page 335, we'll sing all three verses for our last song tonight. Page 335, sing it out on the first. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Love lifted me. 
you thankful for the love of Christ tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Wonderful singing tonight. Just before the message tonight, we're going to have a special from the Wisdom family. Yeah. 
and uh, being faithful and, and standing strong. Uh, enjoyed, enjoyed that very, very much and appreciate uh, the Grits family and that's exactly what they're doing. Amen. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, the Sunday school and the report uh, this morning. Sure thankful for their faithfulness. And uh, I, I think it'd be good to go ahead and do this uh, tonight before he comes and, and preaches. But we support the Grits family at $40 a month and something that's been on my heart. You, you know, we've got a generation that, that, that you know, is, is very crude to the older generation. And I, I, don't, I think we ought to honor the old gener, older generation and we ought to be thankful for their faithfulness and things like that. And, you know, my heart is, is that when, you, you know, we've taken on these missionaries in the past and we've been faithfully supporting them, but my heart is, is that we get all of our missionaries up to $75 a month. And so right now we support the Grits family at $40, $40 a month, but I appreciate their faithfulness and their report. And so I want to see us raise them up. Uh, to that $75 amount. And so if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church, if you'd be willing to do that, would you lift up with your right hand? Give out with a hearty amen tonight. And uh, what a blessing. And so, barring he doesn't blow it tonight. <laughs> amen. <clears throat> amen. So, Brother Grits, you come on ahead tonight, brother, and preach the word. Appreciate you, brother, your faithfulness. So, Thank you, Brother Stewart. Thank you, church. We appreciate it very much. We thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, somebody t t was talking about the support this morning. They come just talking to us, and we and they said we wish it was more. I said, there's one thing I can say about Faith Baptist Church: it always was consistent, and still consistent. It was a church that we knew that was going to be there. We didn't have to worry about it. Uh, we knew that they uh, were thinking about us, and the support was coming as it should. Uh, but we do thank you uh, for for being able to to raise. Uh, our support. We've had several churches uh, since we've been back have raised our support. We even have a new church uh, that's starting to support us. And it's just, uh, you know, God takes care of us. And uh, I'm, I am just glad that I have a God that big that can take care of my needs and take care of everything that is going on about us. And, uh, and he's doing it still. And he's still going to do it on down the road. As long as he keeps breath in me, he will take care of me. And, uh, and he's always have and he always will. Well, in England for 40 years, you know, in England is an interesting country. Right now we have a king. Uh, for, for the past 70 years, we've had a queen. And I always let people know that kind of right now we're in that, uh, uh, that area right now, the country, you know, uh, uh, mourning the loss of a great queen that we did have. Uh, we're now having a king. And, uh, you know, it's just a change of leadership. We're in, in between there. Some people like him, some people don't. You know, and so, and some people ask me, you know, oh, what about uh, 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 Harry and Meghan? I don't know. Uh, <coughs> they're not a part of my life, so they don't, they don't, uh, they don't email me or keep me, uh, you know, informed or anything of that sort. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm just glad that uh, we're going on the way we're going on. And, uh, of course, uh, the country itself, uh, it, uh, it is in turmoil a little bit uh, politically, uh, but uh, we've learned how to, how to live in that political uh, climate that, uh, that we're in. Uh, there's one thing I told our English folks. I said, listen, uh, I'm not going to complain about your, your uh, uh, politics, so that means don't complain about mine. And uh, so uh, in the church, we don't talk about each other's politics because that's mine and that's theirs, but I do and I want to say this to you too, 
I do encourage our people to get out and vote. I tell them, I don't care who you vote for. That's not my responsibility. I said, as long as you get out there and you vote. And you know, it's, now it's kind of silly. I, I like to see people's hands raised. I, I ask you questions, ask you to raise your hand. Some of you look at me like, oh, I'm not gonna raise my hand about anything. <laughs> well, I know that's the way you vote too. You probably don't vote either because you're not willing to commit to anything. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, so, you know, the commitment, that's the part. I'm not asking you to give me $100 a month. I'm just asking a question. And uh, we should be able to be uh, uh, transparent enough. We can ask questions. It's just like I have people, you know, ask questions about the ministry. You can ask us any question about the ministry there in England because we are partners in it. We, we labor together. And we're transparent enough. My shoe size is 10 and a half extra wide. And uh, my hat size is large to extra large. You know, I won't go any farther. Uh, you can, <clears throat> but, you know, I want to be open to you. I want to be transparent. And that's what we try to do with everything. And we need to be that way with one another anyway because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're family. Families uh, should not be hidden. Families should be open. And uh, so, uh, but as, as we're there in England working with the, our dear people, we appreciate them very much. We uh, appreciate all the men that we do have that take care of, of uh, all our business. Uh, they preach and they teach. And uh, it was getting to the point where I, I may have just been preaching once a month because of all the other fellows that we've had and, and taking time. And, but that's what, that's what the church does. You build it up and then to be able to use those people to start another church and uh, get out and go out and, and see, the, see it happen again. And, uh, uh, but it's interesting in England. Uh, I always tell people in England, they talk about how we, we drive on the other side of the road. We don't really drive on the other side of the road. You drive on the right side of the road, we drive on the proper side of the road. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's just interesting to me. It's been a little bit uh, scary, you know, these uh, roundabouts they've been putting in here in the United States scares me to death here. Uh, you don't know how to drive on them. And, uh, you know, and two, I'm coming in on the wrong side. And, uh, you know, we always say this in England. If somebody wants to drive in England, when you get on the roundabout, you have the right of way. Do not stop on the roundabout. Because when you, once you stop on a roundabout, you have backed up traffic and you get honked at and you get love, love letters, uh, you know, pointed at you. <laughs> You know, you get a lot of things happen. When you get out there, you are on the right of way. Go on and get around and learn how to use those indicators. I think here in America, they stop putting indicators on cars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you remember, do you remember these? Yeah. Or is it this other side? See, I got to remember. So, you know, so in England, you know, we, we even say things differently. They even spell words differently. You know, uh, you know the, uh, the one word I love, it, you can use it either way. It's got three, three ways you can pronounce it, and it's either way is correct. It's omega, omega, and omega. So you can use those, that, 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 those three words. It, it, it's all right to use it the way they, they, they have it. You know, it's just like uh, 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 aluminum, aluminum. You know, uh, we, instead, you know, it's even the way they say some things. You know, you say student. They say student. You know, you say schedule, schedule. Uh, we say schedule. See, I can't even remember how you say it in American anyway. 
and uh, <coughs> using it there, uh, there in England. Uh, it's even, even some products, you know, tires. Sometimes they will spell it T-Y-R-E. You know, it's a tire, still the tire. Or it's even the, the small uh, way you say, you say inner tube or light bulb. Well, they say inner tube. And it's just the difference of the way they say things. And when you begin to understand that, and I always like to tell people this, and some, some people, they kind of think, well, what are you saying that for? Because it's just part of culture. I can swear where, where I live, but I can't, uh, I can't, uh, uh, sorry? Brother, what do I do, what do I, oh, okay, let me see. Again, you see, it's uh, thinking English. I can cuss in England, but I can't swear. There we go. Now, some of you are going, huh? What the term cuss is, is not curse words, but the term cuss is used as you get it telling off. You mums tell your children off. They've done something wrong. You dads, you know, you, you tell them off. You, tell, you, give them, you give them a good cussing. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what the term means. But I can't swear, and I don't swear, because you wouldn't want to do that either. And so, uh, so you see, it, it is different. It's different culture, different things, different way of th saying things, different way of, of acting, uh, doing business, doing all the things that they do. But you know what? We've learned that. It's a part of our lives. It's part of us now. I may not speak with an English accent, but I will use English terms. And when I'm using those English terms, people kind of look at me, especially one, I'm not trying to be vocal, but you know, in England, if, if we don't go to the bathroom, because if you go to the bathroom, you're going to go take a bath. You know, we go to the toilet, because that's what you're doing. And, 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 it, is, and, and it, is, it is proper in England, if you ask where is the lady's toilet, they will direct you right to where you need to go. If you say, where's the ladies' restroom? We don't have that. <laughs> you know, because that's the term that they use. You know, it's just a, exactly as like they say, it is bananas, not bananas. You know, it's tomatoes, not tomatoes. And you can go and ask for tomatoes and they'll be right in front of them and they'll say, we don't have any. <laughs> you have to say tomatoes, you know. You know, if you want potato chips, you don't call them potato chips because chips are what you buy at the fish and chip shop, those big pieces of potato. We have crisps, you know, so you have crisps. And so there's just a lot of different things that, that uh, we've had to learn through the years and, and be a part of, but it's been good because learning the culture opens your ministry. You know, folks, it's even like, it's, it sounds crazy, but even eating. They, there's a certain way of eating in, in England. You use a knife and fork. You don't just use a fork, you use a knife and fork. And you use it both to, to eat. I tell you what, you can get a lot of food in your mouth quicker than just one fork. Because you've got two of the utensils going at the same time now. And, and uh, still, because of doing it for the 40 years, I still, I don't know if you've noticed uh, at, at the lunch today, using a knife and fork to eat. It's just part of who we are now. And people appreciate when they're when they willing to just to get involved with the culture. 
And getting involved with the culture also means getting involved with the community. The community. We, we, we try to open our church to the community. And when we say a community, it's opening a church of all the people that live around us that can come and see the church. We have a mums and tots group every Thursday to where, uh, uh, where they have to be a certain age. They, they, the mothers bring their children. Now the mothers don't drop them off. The mothers stay with them. But they'll stay and we'll provide uh, play with them. We'll provide stories. We'll provide crafts. We provide lunch. And this is all from the church, opening the church to the, to the community. Also, we have a, a, a coffee morning on Mondays. And it's open to the community. Our, one of our deacons takes care of it, he and his wife. And uh, uh, he says, I bring homemade cakes to it from, uh, from, uh, uh, from Kroger's, from, uh, uh, from Hy-Vee. You know, Mrs. Hy-Vee baked the cake. You know, so, and, uh, so uh, but we'll, we'll provide just cakes and biscuits and coffee and tea and a time where they can come and talk. And we're now having 30 or 40 adults coming from the community for this. We try everything that we can to reach our community. Because if the church is not meeting the needs of the community, they're not going to know what's going on. And we need to be reaching our communities. And uh, so it takes people to do those things though. You know, uh, when I first went to England, a lot of times if we we're gonna do anything, I had to do it because we didn't have the manpower. And so I told him, I'm not going to do all these ministries. I said, we'll, we'll do the ministries until you, and when you feel and God is working on you to get involved. And folks, it's just not the pastor's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility. So take your Bible on that note to Exodus in chapter four. Exodus in chapter four. Exodus in chapter four. This is my old Bible, but once I got back, it was falling apart and I've had it rebound. And, uh, but it, was, it doesn't stay open like it used to. So if it looks like I'm fighting my Bible, I am. So uh, uh, <clears throat> to keep it open. But Exodus chapter four, verse 10 through seven, let's stand in honor of God's, God's word tonight. We do that too in England and uh, give honor to God. And in Exodus chapter four, uh, beginning in verse number 10 down to verse 17. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither hitherfore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who hath made the dumb or death or the seeing of the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy, thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron thy, the, the Levite thy brother? I know that, that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will, I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what ye shall do. 
and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even as he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for this opportunity that you have given to us to be able to be together tonight. And I ask, Father, that your blessings will be upon uh, this time as we look into God's word to see what it has to say for us and in our lives. And God, you have more to do and more things that we can, we can be involved with that, that you will put us there and you'll be able to be used of you in greater ways. So thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this church. We ask your blessings for it's Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. We want to talk to you tonight, the person God chooses. The person God chooses. God chooses people for his work. Now, there are people like pastors. There are people like evangelists. There are people like, like missionaries. There, there are those things that, that God chooses men for specific ministries. And so many times the people that sit in the pew think, well, I don't have to do any of that. So God hasn't chosen me to do anything. Oh, how wrong you are. How wrong we are thinking that I can't do anything. We can. God chooses people. God chooses each and every one of us. Let, let, let's listen to these scriptures this, this evening. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation. And the word generation means a kin, a, a born, a stock, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. And the peculiar people there is, is, is the word meaning in the Greek means the, a purpose, purchased, possessed, saving people. It's a certain type of people that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the call there is he calls by name. That's what it means in the Greek. He calls by name. He calls you. Just as, uh, as Samuel, as Samuel was when he was a young lad in the temple with, with, uh, uh, and, and God calls his name. God calls us by name. <clears throat> God knows who we are. Listen, God knows where you're at. God knows what you're doing. God knows what's going on. Because if he named every star in the heavens and he knows them, he knows who we are. He knows where we are. He knows what you can do. God has something for each and every one of us to do. God calls us. We are a called people. We are a purchased people. We come to know him as our Lord and Savior. God called us. He called each and every one of us. Also, it says in, in, uh, in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto him a peculiar people. Now there, it's not the same as it is in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, but it says it goes, it's a, the peculiar people is a being beyond special. We are special. 
when I begin to look at these things, begin to see these things and begin to study and, and realize what God is saying is that, that we are a special people. We all have specials, special abilities. We all can be a part of this ministry together, working together because we're all a special people being beyond. And also he says there, not only the peculiar people, zealous of good work, zealous, ready, willing. And it's interesting, you study the book of Titus and they use that phrase quite a bit, good works. And it's not just talking about doing good things. It's talking about doctrine. What we should be zealous of is what we believe. What we should be showing forth in this life today is what we believe. We should show forth the belief in God, that he's the savior, that he takes care that he provides, that he watches over me, that he can do anything he can. He can use me in any way because, see, I'm special. And that reminds me of a little, little uh, uh, chorus that we would teach our boys and girls uh, in Sunday school. I'm special because God has loved me for he gave himself for me. One of the things that we were able to do for over the years, and it's kind of uh, uh, going off a little bit because of the COVID when it came, I would go into the schools. I'd go into the public schools and they would allow me to be able to, to do their religious assemblies. And I, I could do anything I wanted to do. Only thing I couldn't do is give a public invitation. But I would go in, teach them Sunday school songs. I mean, I would teach them all types of Sunday school songs. Uh, and, and, and teach them uh, through that about Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross. And there was many Sunday school songs we used that way. And then I would take my Bible and I would teach them Sunday school lessons. And over the years, I, I did that for over 20, uh, 30 years, 23, 30 years. I did that over 30 years going to these schools. And now when I go out and then we go to a restaurant or we're out somewhere I have young adults that come up to me and say, are you Reverend Gritz? I say, yes, you came to my school. Some of them would say, so, and this is some of the testimonies they would give me. You know, I was going through hard times and even with my family, but, but, but Reverend Gritz, when you would come, you helped me. I had some come say, Reverend Gritz, I didn't, I was not a believer, but now I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Are you Reverend Gritz? Uh, we have one of our ladies in, in the church. She, uh, she does nails and uh, massages and all that type of stuff. And, and she does my nails. <laughs> Fellas, I know some of you are going, huh? She does my nails. And I, she does a good job. I mean, I like because she does the, arm, the hands massage and the arm massage. Man, it's great. You know, now, I don't have any polish on my fingers. But she'll give me a manicure. And uh, one day I was there. She had given me the manicure and Mrs. Gritz was getting hers done. And I was sitting there behind the desk and the door came open of some, uh, some uh, uh, young ladies come walking in. And as soon as they walked in, they said, it's you. It's Reverend Gritz. And they wanted their picture be taken with me. Yeah, man, whew, I thought I was a rock star. 
But see, that's what we do. See, we are special people. And we have a work that God wants us to do. He's called us. He's called us by name to get involved with our lives with people. Folks, the thing that, that ministry is all about is, is getting involved with people. Giving my life to others. Touching the lives of people. So many times it's hard that we do that. We think, oh, I can't go out in the world. The Bible says we're not to be spotted by the world. Hey, that's right. We're, we're not to be of, in the world or of the world, but we should be of Christ. But because of being of Christ so much, it should make a difference to the world. We need to be going out there. We need to show them that God has chosen me. But Moses had a problem. Even though Moses was, was uh, chosen, even though Moses was willing, not first that willing to, to do what God's called him to do. And sometimes that's our problem. We think, well, I can't do anything. I can't sing. You know, I can't get up and preach. You know, I have a hard time getting in front of people. And, and really, that's an excuse. You know, I find out you can, you can get with any person that you've never known before and come to find out their whole, whole, whole life in doing two things. And asking two questions. Where do you live? How long have you lived there? And you begin to find out, I've lived there and I've lived here. And oh, and are you going to find a link to where you're going to be able to say, oh, yeah, I've been there before. And you'll be able to open the door. But it's asking the right questions. But Moses, he had a hard time. First of all, we see that Moses was weak in speech. Moses was weak in speech. In verse, verses 10 to 12, he was, his speech, he was not very fluent. He says, I am not eloquent. And a lot of Christians use that excuse why they don't, they don't do anything for the Lord. Oh, I just can't talk the right thing. Oh, I just, and folks, I find out that people that say that, you find out what really interests them and you can't stop them. <laughs> you have abilities. You have abilities. I remember there was one fella in a church that the folks say he doesn't really like to talk much. And he seems like he's always upset. And not that I wanted to go around and find out and, you know, make a, a, a be with him and, and become a friend. But I wanted just to see who he was. And I found him one Sunday on the Sunday morning we were there, shook his hand, started talking to him. And come to find out, I said, uh, uh, just asking a few questions. He loved to go skeet shooting. Well, I've done it, too. How many of you have ever done skeet shooting, fellas, or even ladies? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's great. Man, he started talking about his guns. He started talking about the competitions. He, I mean, his whole demeanor changed. You see, when you begin to really talk with people, talk about things that light them up. And you don't have to be eloquent. It's just really talking. He said, I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. Uh, I'm slow of tongue. I get tongue-tied. We have a friend, uh, Bill Hoving. Bill Hoving, uh, uh, 
great friend of mine, only thing that's wrong with him, he's a Chicago Cubs fan. <laughs> but uh, he's from Chicago. Anything Chicago, that's Bill. You talk to Bill, Bill has a, a stammer. But you wouldn't know it. Because he learned, go ahead and speak. Just speak. And then he'll stop every once in a while. And what it is, he catches himself, but then he, he stops that and keeps going. It's interesting. I mean, you wouldn't know it. Man, great preacher. He knows how to, how to talk to people. You know, he doesn't allow that to be a part of his life. Now, Moses saying this, because this is what Moses said there in verse 10. And Moses thinking he had, he had put, uh, put, uh, informed God of his shortcomings. God, see, I can't do it. But notice in verse 11, and it starts in verse 11, and God said. Amen. See, folks, you got to understand something. You may tell God, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I have the ability to do that. But then God's going to say something. And God said, who made man's mouth? What a simple question. Who made this mouth? God did. I have, a, I have AF. Uh, I have a, 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 a regular, irregular heartbeat. And uh, I'm on medication for it. And sometimes when you see me sweating, that's from that too. That's the reason why I carry a red hanky. And, uh, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I remember the day that it happened. And I was laying in that hospital bed, had all these things on me. And I'm looking up in the, in the ceiling. And the thing I went and said, is the Bible talks about in Psalms, that he heals the broken heart. And I told God, this is your heart. And you can do anything you want to do with it. Because it's yours. It's not my heart. And folks, we've got to understand, this mouth is not yours. It's God's. Not only that, he said, who made the dumb? Who made the deaf? Who made the seeing or the blind? And he says there in the last part of that verse, have not I the Lord? And you know what? He can use either one of those. He can use anybody who has a disability. And I've seen a lot of people who have disabilities outdo us people who have abilities. And it shouldn't be. Because if we have the abilities, we should be using it. Using it for the Lord. Because as the Lord said, I did that. I know. I know there's going to be things that, that, that won't work, you think. But then he looks in verse 12. He says in verse 12, Now therefore, because of, I did all this, and that's what the word therefore, whenever you see the word therefore, hitherto, you got to go back what you just read and read it again. He said, listen, I'm the one who takes care. He says, I'm the one that made man's mouth. I'm the one that made the dumb. I'm the one that made the death. I'm the one that made the seeing. I'm the one that made the blind. And he says, have not I the Lord? Now, therefore, what's the first thing he told him to do? 
go. We cannot sit here and say, oh, I can't go. Yes, we can't, because that's what God wants us to do. He says, go, go. He says, I will be your mouth. You know, it's interesting when I go into these schools, one of the first things I try to do with these children is to help them to understand that, you know, I'm going to be doing the talking, not them. And I'll say, okay, how many ears did God give us? How many ears did God give us? I say, you're my children, all right, now. How many? How many, uh, how many eyes did God give us? How many mouths did God give us? All right, what should we be using the most of? We should be listening and seeing more than speaking. God says, I made this. And he said, he says, I will be your mouth. The scripture says that we need to be studying God's word and put it into our memory. All of us have a memory. You say, oh, Brother Grich, mine is kind of clouded. No, we all have a memory. And when we put the word of God into our memory, then the Holy Spirit can bring that back. And he can bring it back to, to our minds. We had a, a, one of our older ladies in, in the church uh, there in, in Wolverhampton. She says, I can't memorize scripture. I have a hard time memorizing. She would try. But she had her devotions every morning. She read her Bible every day. And she said she gave a testimony one night. Said, Brother uh, Pastor Gritz, I was out in the back garden and my neighbor came out and we have a fence. Of course, in England, you have fences and the fences are there for a purpose, you know, to make better neighbors of each other. And uh, and she said uh, she started asking questions about salvation. And she says, and you know what happened? I started quoting scripture to her that I didn't know that I could do. Why? Because she put them in there. God made the mouth. I will use your mouth. I will help you. He says, I will teach thee what thou will say. The greatest message we have is salvation. It's the gospel. And it should be the basis of everything. Why we have those conversations, why we do what we do. We get involved with people, being involved with people. Sometimes people are hard to work with. I didn't hear any amens on that one. People are hard to work with. But then also it's the most rewarding thing in the ministry. It's when you see people's change. And their lives are different. As you talk with them. Well, he was weak in speech. Number two, he was weak in manner. He was weak in manner. In verse 13 and 14. In verse 13. Oh. What God already answered him. Told him to go. But then look at his answer. And he said, this is Moses. Oh, my Lord, sin, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou was sin. In other words, don't sin me. You know, send somebody else. Don't send me. God, I, I, I don't want to go. I, you know, I don't want to be out there. You know, when, when uh, going to England, you know, a lot of people think, England, a mission field, it's a great mission field. There, our church is a multicultural church. Uh, I mean, I look out here and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the minority. 
But when I'm in England, I'm not the minority because we're multicultural. I know that's where heaven's going to be. Heaven's going to be multicultural. But you know what? We got there and some people will say, England, why do you go to England? Well, that's where God has sent me. That's where God has given me a, a burden. God has given me a love for those people. God will take care of me. God will watch over me. Uh, I tell you what, that first uh, day that we landed in, in, in uh, Gatwick Airport, I looked over at my kids and my children, my five children. They're all uh, from eight years old, the oldest, 18 months old, the youngest. And they're sitting there. And I thought, what in the world did I do? Because we didn't buy return tickets. We bought one-way tickets. And I thought, what in the world am I doing? And God says, don't worry. I'll take care of you. And God did, took care of us all that, those years. All our children now, uh, they are, uh, four of them are back here in the United States. One, he's a missionary in Spain. And I can praise God and tell you, all of my grandchildren know Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. Why is that? Because God took care of them. And we just went ahead and did what God called us to do. We just went ahead and went where God said to go. I didn't say send somebody else. God, you're sending me. And folks, God wants to use you. He may not send you out of Olathe. Because there's a work to do here in Olathe. Because he wouldn't have you here if it, if it wasn't. You have a mission field right here. And the more you get out into that, that mission field, the more you'll find opportunities to be involved with people. He said, listen, I, God sent somebody else. That was the wrong answer to God. Because notice what he says there. He says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Now, folks, they've got to understand something. Anger. <laughs> we talked, we mentioned this this morning because I was talking about SEC and all this and everything. And one of the men said, it kind of sounds a little bit of anger there. Well, I said, uh, I said, well, you know, the Bible says be, uh, be angry. Then, of course, he, he finished it for me and sin not. See, when we get angry, we hurt people. No matter how hard we try not to, that's what we do in our anger. And it's best not to get angry. We hate sin. But we've got to be careful with our anger. But see, God got angry here. Why did he get angry? He got angry because his anger wasn't that he was upset at Moses. He was disappointed. You see, sometimes as Christians, we experience the anger of God because of the disappointment. When I was a teenager, I wrecked uh, the family car. Now, I mean, not just wrecked. I mean, I did a good job. You know, it was my mom's favorite car, and I, I wrecked it. 
I mean, I banged all four fenders and it looked like a banana. And, uh, uh, you know, and so my dad came out to, the, of course, the highway patrol came out, the police came out. My dad, he come out. He, and now you gotta understand my dad. My dad is a very, was a very soft-spoken fella. He, he really didn't say a lot, but you knew that he was thinking. And when he did say something, you better listen to him. Well, he said, well, you did a good job, son. Your mom's waiting for you at home. And that was the worst part. Got home, she was sitting on the edge of the bed and she just looked at me with the disapproval, said, go to bed. Man, that hurt me worse than ever because I let her down. I, 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 I did something I shouldn't have done. And a lot of times that's what God is doing. We've let him down. And he's looking at you like, you should know better what have I been doing with your life all this time? What have I doing, been taking care of you all this time? Listen, I want you to do this. I want you to be involved. You need to learn about God. In Philippians 4, 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Now your preacher said something uh, this morning about Missouri. Now I was born in Oklahoma. but I've lived most of my life in Missouri. My wife, she, she's born and raised in Webster County, Missouri. And it really gets to me sometimes, folks, and I don't know how, how you feel when somebody says something about your state. When they come to Baptist Bible College when I was a student, they say, well, we had to come to Springfield, Missouri. You know what I like to tell them? Go home. Because, as this point, portion of scripture tells me, whatever state I am, there to be content. <laughs> I always tell them, I said, listen, if you don't like it here, didn't God call you here? Did God call you to this place? If God called you, then you need to begin to be involved with the people where God has called you. To be content with what God is doing. Right here is where God's called you. You need to be content, not to the point of contentment of sitting there and go, oh, I'm happy. No, the contentment is the fact you're, you're, you're involved and you're taking care and getting out and helping people. He says, let your conversation, Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation, and the word means manner of life, be without covetousness and content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You need to learn of, learn of the Lord. As, as Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. And the word meek means strength. It doesn't mean he's mealy. He doesn't mean he's just soft. It means he's strong in his manner of life. And he's, and he's lowly. And the lowly there means I am. And who's the I am? That's who sent Moses to, to, to the children of Israel. When he said, who am I telling? Tell him, I am sent them. See, you have the power that Moses had to do the job that God's called you to do. Because he says, I am. He's the one that calls. 
He's the one that is, is telling us to get involved. He's the one that says this and this work is important. He, we find that, that he was weak in speech, he was weak in manner. But then we find out he was weak in looks. Now some of you would say, oh, I fit that category. <laughs> in verse 15 to 17, and I'm, I'm going on here, uh, getting on. We find out in leadership, he was not what the world was looking for. You know, the world's really not looking to you for any leadership. But you have the answer. Just as your pastor said this morning, we have the answer to peace, to joy, to happiness. We have that secret. We, we know it's through Jesus Christ. The world doesn't understand that. That's what the Bible says they would do. When Jesus came, they, they rejected him. When Jesus went to the cross, what did those uh, Pharisees say in uh, the, the high priest? His blood be upon us and our generation. They rejected him. They don't, they don't realize that. Even though as they were young, they, they, they believed in a God. You know, you, you, can't, you, can't, you have to teach a child there is no God. Because naturally, they believe there is one. Naturally, they look into the sky and know there, that there's, there's a, 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 a being that has done something. Look at this world. Look what we see. They have to teach them that it's wrong. And if we're not careful, we allow the world to teach our children wrong. I went to public school. And they talk about uh, evolution. I almost said evolution. That's what we have. We say it in England. Evolution. And I appreciate my mom and dad. They said, we do not believe that. And we would talk about it. I said, but you put down the answer they're asking you for. But you don't believe it. You see, again, you have to be involved with people. If we sit there and say, oh, it, it's for instance, our children went to, to uh, the English schools and sometimes they would come home and said, they would want them to do a, 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 a project that was totally against scripture to us. So I would go down to the school and now I didn't get down there and rail at them and holler at them and, and, and call, call them heathens, you know, and, uh, you know, you don't know anything else, you know, you're, you're a Philistine dog. I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything like that. I would go to them and say, I'm sorry, we don't believe in this. This is what we believe. And I, I can't allow my child to, to be involved with that. Oh, okay, brother, Reverend Gritz. Well, then they can do this. You see, when you're involved with your community, when you're involved with people, they will see the effect that you have on others. But if we never get out there, the world will go to hell. You know, Moses had on the job, was going to have on the job training. And he's going to have to go through all this trusting God. I appreciate what your pastor said this morning. He, he's, you know, in his testimony, you know, God didn't tell me everything. God just said, do it. And there has to be then saying, I'll do it. Then he'll begin to give you all the details. 
When we said we'll go to England, boom, everything got into place. Whenever we get to a, a, a place in our ministry wondering what, we begin to pray, we begin to, to look at scripture, and all of a sudden we find one and we'll say yes, boom, it's all taken care of. But it's you and us that we have to say yes. We need to show folks we have been with Jesus. As Acts 4.13, Acts 4.13, he says, he says, he has four things there he talks about. He says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they saw it. What do people see in you? What do they see in me? They saw the boldness. Number two, and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. You know, they laugh at us as being Christians. They laugh at us at the, what we preach and teach. Well, they did that already. They've already they, the world's been doing that for eons. Don't get upset at it because they're doing it to you now. It's been done before and it will continue on to be doing. Don't worry if you can't, uh, if you don't have all the, the letters behind your name. I went to Baptist Bible College. Took me five years to get my theology degree. That's all I ever had. Never got a master's and never got a bachelor's. I got married. You'll catch that, some of you, <laughs> later on. You know, uh, don't have any of all that. Does that mean I can't do anything for the Lord? This is his mouth. This is his body. It's his work. He'll take care of it. We just do it. We do it. They marveled. They marveled in the third thing and took knowledge of them. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Well, Moses was weak. Moses was weak in manner, but also he was weak in looks. You see, so many times we think God only picks those who have the abilities. Don't you remember 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26 to 31? In verse 26, there's not many wise men after the flesh, the world, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He says in verse 27, and he starts out, God has chosen foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Has chosen the weak things to confound the mighty. You know what the scripture says, when I am weak, and he is strong. And then verse 28 says, God has chosen ye and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. God's going to give us opportunities that are going to be so marvelous when we are just willing to say, God, choose me. Folks, we just need to give ourselves, no matter what it is that you can do, you can sweep the floor, sweep it the best you can. You know, I appreciate those fellas opening the door. I appreciate people just shaking hands. Because some, in some churches, people are afraid to shake a missionary's hand. 
for some reason I think that hand's going to get in my wallet. <laughs> this time when I've been in churches, I said handshakes are free. Yeah. More people can come and shake in my hand. But it's the fact that God has a great work. Because remember what he said? The labors are few. And there shouldn't be that because God has called each and every one of us. He's chosen us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this moment in time again.